you're financially free. Exactly. So it's much more attainable to look at it that way. Yeah. So here's the thing. Studies have shown that millennials will need to accumulate at least $2 million by age 65 in order to retire. And you said it already, but I don't know many multimillionaires, yeah. right? Like the, the idea of saving up $2 million, that's daunting. That's overwhelming. Right. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. I am here in the studio with Money Honey herself. I messed up on the first time. I, uh, Rachel Richards. Rachel, welcome back to the second time you've been on the Better Wealth Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I, I would say upgraded. You're in person. You're wearing a very amazing t-shirt. And we're going to be talking about, I think, well, do you have a favorite do you have a favorite in books? Uh, that, between mine? Yeah, yeah. You have oh, two gosh. books. Super great. I don't know. I just love talking about passive income. Yeah, we're going to be talking about passive income. And I think for my audience, especially the people that have gone through our x-ray process or people that have gone through our unlimited pr platform, and we start modeling things and we realize that cash flow is king, we start realizing like, oh, the typical way of saving and investing and all this stuff may or may not be very good for me. And what I love about what you're up to, your community, what you talk a lot about is the different ways that you can have passive income, which we'll, we'll talk about the word passive. I, 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 I'm excited to have that dialogue. Um, but why don't, for the listeners that didn't catch your first episode, which I highly recommend you go back and listen, you share your whole story. In a nutshell, what are you up to in the world? I know that you guys are going to make a, a pretty big life trek mainly because you guys do have passive income coming in and you're financially free. So why don't you give the listeners just a little bit of uh, overview of who you are and then we can jump into your book and and just give give my listeners some hacks or quick wins if they want to increase their passive income in their life. Yeah, for sure. So I am Money Honey Rachel Richards. I'm a former financial advisor, best-selling author, real estate investor, and what people find most intriguing about me is that in 2019, at the age of 27, I quit my job and retired. And I'm now living with my husband off over $15,000 per month in passive income. So my whole world is about passive income. I love talking about it. And I think we can talk about a few things today, like the nest egg theory yep. and how I, how I look at that and why I think passive income is the better way to attain early retirement. Um, also, you kind of already brought it up, but is anything really passive? So I think right. we can explore some of those myths around passive income and then how anyone can get started. And in the book, I outlined 28 different passive income models. So trust me when I say there is definitely something out there for everybody. All right. So framework, framework wise, passive income, how do you how do you describe passive income? And when we talk about the nest egg theory, I think we need to talk about typical financial planning. So yes. someone was to sit down with you and say, okay, I get this. I've heard of this guy named Robert Kiyosaki. I think he says something about passive income. Um, talk to me about why you're different than every other financial person that writes a book on money. Yeah, so so first, passive income, the way I define it, it's money that is earned with little to no ongoing effort. Yep. Now, it kind of sounds like a get-rich-quick scheme, yep. but we both know it's not. But it does take time or money to create. So you have to have one of, one of the two, time or money in order to invest into creating a passive income stream. Mm -hmm. Now, is anything truly passive? maybe portfolio income, right. but the problem with that is you normally have to have one or two million dollars to generate any meaningful revenue. Yep. And so most people aren't getting started there. 
the rest of the passive income streams I talk about, maybe you're spending a few hours a month or a couple hours a week to maintain those income streams. So no, it's not 100% passive. But the way I look at it is it's much more passive than a nine to five job. Right. So the way I approach financial planning, if someone comes to me and they want to get help with their retirement, I kind of like to debunk what I call the nest egg theory. Mm -hmm. And the way we've traditionally viewed retirement is we work for 40 years, we yep. work a nine to five job, we save up as much money as we can so that when we turn 59 and a half, we can live off that for the rest of our lives. Now, the problem with that, there's there's many problems. Yeah. Yeah. This used to work well, right? But times have changed and the way that we're approaching retirement has not changed at all. Right. So first of all, the cost of college has ballooned, yep. placing an enormous burden on our generation. Secondly, pensions are a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. So whereas we used to have employer-sponsored pensions and the our employers and the government would take care of us, now we're more responsible for retirement on our own. Yep. So pensions are a thing of the past. And then the third thing, which is the most alarming, is that the Social Security Trust Fund is projected to be fully depleted by the year 2035. Yep. So people our age can't even count on Social Security necessarily. So the nest egg theory, in my opinion, it just doesn't work anymore. And that's why I prefer passive income. Well, the nest egg theory for me, it's just, it's not leveraged. Like it just, it seems like not the best use for your time and money. Uh, and we could even go down like the 4% rule. You could have a million dollars in a portfolio, which how many people do you know have a million dollars in a portfolio? Like we, we have friends that have that. But if you look at statistics, it's very few people actually get there. But the 4% the rule pretty much says you can take out 4%. Now, this could be, you know, keeping up with inflation. 4% of your assets, and and that's the safe withdrawal rate so that you don't run out of money. And there's people out there, and I've had on my podcast, Dr. Wade Follow, that's saying the 4% rule is kind of aggressive um, because of things like sequence risk loss and other things, volatility, that when you're coming down the mountain, it's just the, a 401k and IRA um, might be really good for increasing your money, which I think as we talk about your book, there's better ways. But even if you get to the top of the mountain, it's like you need a lot of money just to probably spend what you're currently spending now. And it's it, it just it doesn't feel super leveraged. And so a lot of times when people go through a process, Rachel, they're thinking, okay, I need a better way. I need a better way. And you talk about 28 ways to maybe increase that number because at the end of the day why are you saving and investing to begin with it's usually for cash flow yes and so why some why do we indirectly try to get that number why like i love how you you write how it's just simple there's that number increase that number when you get that number coming in without you having to work you're financially free exactly so it's much more attainable to look at it that way yeah. so here's the thing studies have shown that millennials will need to accumulate at least $2 million by age 65 in order to retire. And you said it already, but I don't know many multimillionaires, yeah. right? Like the, the idea of saving up $2 million, that's daunting. That's overwhelming. Right. With passive income, though, the epiphany that I had is that once your passive income exceeds your living expenses, yeah. you're retired. You're financially independent. Yeah. And to me, creating five or six or $8,000 a month in passive income is a lot easier than saving yep. up $2 million by age 65. Yep. And leverage says that you can get to that quicker, and you have. If you tried to accumulate your money and had no, your dollars only doing one thing, you may or may not have gotten there, but you've already become financially free age of 27. 
because you got that. And so that's, I hope, I hope you're getting that. And regardless if you're, I mean, we're going to talk about other, other things because at the end of the day, Rachel, what, what, what do you tell to someone who's like, good for you, Rachel. I'm glad that you had this epiphany, but I just, it's not going to work for me. Like, that's why you wrote the book. Right. And, and I hear that a lot. And I used to think that too. I used to think there's no way I could retire at the age that I did or generate so much passive income. But once I started learning, I realized that it, it was a lot more attainable than I thought. And by the way, I'm not a trust fund baby. I never made six figures in a job. Yep. You know, I made $36,000 after I graduated from college. I would just use the tools at my disposal to my advantage so that I could create passive income. So it kind of goes down to if somebody start if somebody wants to get started, you need to ask yourself: Do I have more time or more money yeah. to invest into building passive income? Yeah. If you're anything like I was a few years ago, you would have said, "Well, Rachel, I have neither. I don't have time, and I don't have money." And what I say to that is, "Okay, which one's going to be easier for yeah. you to create more of? Will it be easier for you to free up time or to create more money so that you can start building your passive income stream?" I love that. So. I love that you even help us identify where we should start. Let's say someone says, I have no money, but I have time. What kind of ideas out there can, can we do to create passive income? So in my book, I talk about five categories of passive income. One of the categories is royalty-based income. And this category is definitely more time intensive and takes way less money. So for example, things like self-publishing a book. Um, I don't have my first book here, but Money Honey I self-published for under $600. To this day, it's made me something like 50 grand over the years. So that's a huge example of, you know, it took me nine months to write the book, but I hardly had to spend any money. And now it's a really consistent passive income stream. So self-publishing, also online courses, very similar. Um, there's also one that I love called Print on Demand. This mm -hmm. is one I've done and that I think is great for newbies or beginners. But basically... If you think about a physical store and you're selling products in a physical store, you have to take a lot of risk because you have to buy inventory. You have yep. to buy mugs and T-shirts and everything. And if those things don't sell, then you lose that money. So that's a huge financial risk. With print on demand, you have an online store and products are only made when they're actually sold. Yep. So you get paid a royalty based off of sales. I think that's a great way for anyone to get started. I love I love that and and what I also like is your books. Yes, you're making that kind of money selling your books, but think about all the other things like you make a course like that you said. Well, I bet some people are buying your course because they got your book. So actually if we tie the number or what you're really making from your your book that you wrote once, you wrote once, Rachel, and it's and it's not only making you money but it's putting you in front of more people it ultimately was the excuse of you coming on my podcast and for us to build this relationship and so that is that is an example how passive income or opportunities especially if you have time you can create it where it can be multifaceted it, you can make money but it also can give you opportunities and elevate the room that you're in and so i love that what if you're what if you're saying okay rachel great i'm not going to write a book i don't even want to be a thought leader um, but I don't have any money. Is there any other categories that you would say, okay, they don't want to write a book. They, they're afraid of public speaking, but they want to hustle, but yeah. they, they don't want to hustle for the rest of their life. There's a few. So one category is coin operated machines. So think of things like yep. vending machines, um, arcades, even car washes, laundromats. My husband and I almost opened a laundromat a few years ago because <laughs> we were like, this is so cool. What a great source of passive income. 
But a way to do it if you don't have a ton of money, because obviously it's tens of thousands of dollars to, to open or purchase a laundromat. But think about just purchasing one coin-operated washer or dryer machine mm -hmm. and then working with landlords in your area to place those machines into their multifamily properties. That's a great way for you to earn passive income. Maybe you split the royalty with them so that they're winning too, make it a win-win. But that's a great way. Even ATMs, um, vending machines in office buildings, even an arcade game that maybe goes in the lobby of a movie theater or something like that. So that's a huge category. And then a really big category that I love to talk about is rental income. Yes. So rental income is one of my favorite sources of passive income. My husband and I own, well, it was 38 doors, but we just sold one of our properties. So it's like 27 doors now. But rental income to me, there's four big advantages. There's the passive income or the cash flow. Mm -hmm. There's the equity buildup because your tenants are paying your mortgage for you over time. So after 30 years, you own a house free and clear, having only paid the down payment, which is amazing. <laughs> and then there's um, there's appreciation. Now, I count appreciation as more of a bonus. You can't always count on that to happen, as we all saw in 2008, but it can happen. And then lastly, there's tax benefits. Yes. Yes. Real estate. Real estate is one of those things that um, I love so much because it's one of the only asset classes that you can use leverage that you can also get that income and there's other benefits like tax and and appreciation which you can really only tap into if you refinance or you sell but still it's like you're taking that asset you're getting ca passive cash flow but then it's also giving you all these other benefits and it's allowing you to live your lifestyle would you say that between your book and your real estate those have been like your one-two punch as it relates to that yeah, I'm at this point, I'm actually making more from my money, honey business, hmm. which includes my books, my courses, my mastermind, than I'm making from the rentals. But when we first started out, yep. we were definitely making a lot more money from real estate. Something that people ask me a lot, because everyone, it seems like everyone I talk to, they want to become a real estate investor, but not everyone necessarily has the money to do yes. it. Yes. So a lot of people are like, well, Rachel, how do I get started without any money? So here's what I say. There's there's two ways to get started. And first of all, I held myself back a very long time from getting started in real estate investing because I was telling myself things like, oh, I don't have enough money. I don't yeah. have ex enough experience. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough knowledge. And I did get started at age 24. So that's not bad. But in hindsight, I could have started a lot earlier. I could have gotten started at age 18 if I had known the things then that I know now. Mm. So there's two things. There's house hacking which our friend Craig is yes. an expert on. So read The House Hacking Strategy by Craig Kurloff. Um, house hacking is when you, base, there's a few ways to do it, but you can buy a multifamily property, live in one unit, and rent out the other units. Mm. And the reason this is so great is because if you're just trying to purchase a normal investment property that you're not going to live in, you have to put 20 to 25% down, right? There's like no way around that typically with most lenders. But if you're purchasing, let's say, a triplex and you're going to live in one unit, now it's your primary residence yep. and you can put three and a half percent down with an FHA loan or five or 10 percent down with a conventional loan. So that's one way you can get started sooner. I, I love that. And my other question was going to be, if you didn't know anything about real estate, which you sort of answered, um, house hacking would be definitely a safe way 
and also a scrappy way to get involved. And if and if you're someone that finds yourself wanting to do real estate, doesn't have a ton of time or doesn't has time, maybe doesn't have a ton of money, house hacking can be a really creative way for you to pay for your own living expenses. And I've I've had Craig on the on the podcast and he's and he shared where he's lived for free and it's created so many avenues for him to create wealth. Again, um, will he want to house hack the rest of his life? I doubt it, but it's it's allowed him to get to where he was, to where he is, and it's just a really great story. Um, now let's let's talk to the person that wants to tap into this, doesn't have time. They might be making good money. They might have money. They just don't have time to invest in educating more. And I think that's a big excuse. I think everyone has a little bit of time to do due diligence. But what do you tell someone that has more money than time? Somebody that has more money than time, they're going to be better served by investing in the stock portfolio and earning dividends and interest. Or um, my new favorite thing is real estate syndications. I, was, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So real estate syndications is something I discovered last year. I didn't really know that they existed before that, but I'm getting really excited about them. And right now, my husband and I are planning on selling some of our rental properties mm. because, to be honest, we're just sick of being landlords. Yep. We've self-managed. Not so passive, is it? <laughs> yeah, not, well, definitely not passive when you're self-managing. You, at, yeah. at the very least, you have to have a property manager. And even then, there's a little bit of manage the manager. So we are transitioning. We're going to sell those properties or a few of them, get our equity out, and then reinvest into real estate syndications. So what a real estate syndication is, is maybe there's an apartment complex that's $10 million that somebody wants to buy. They don't have all the money on their own. So they form a syndication and they go to private investors, people like you and me. Mm-hmm. We invest and we're not investing, we're not lending them our money. We're actually investing as equity owners. So that means we're entitled to a share of the profits of that property, of that yeah. rental income. So it's really great because honestly, once you do the due diligence, I really feel like this is mailbox money. Yeah, and and a couple things you get depreciation, so you get yes. the, uh, some tax benefits. You also are have the hard asset as collateral. So it's not like you're putting money into a paper asset and you're like theoretically this is going to be good. It still can go down, but it's it's still a hard asset real estate. Um, but it's really truly passive. Yeah, I mean, once we, you have that, put that money in. Now, what kind of rates of return cash flow are you seeing? And obviously, Rachel's not giving investment advice. Don't sue me. Don't sue her. Um, you're not going to get any money suing us, but we want to just give you some ideas. And I, I, I know this has been so helpful to date. Yeah. So with a typical syndication, they can be anywhere from a five or seven year hold. Those are pretty typical. It could be shorter or longer. And then an average return. So it's hard to speak to returns I've gotten so far because I only started investing last summer. Okay. And oftentimes with syndications, it takes six or nine or 12 months to get your first dividend, to get your first payout. Yep. But a lot of them are advertised or projected as kind of in the mid-teens in terms of an IRR. Now, of course, you take that with a grain of salt because people can project anything they want to project. But that's where it makes a lot of sense to do your due diligence up front and make sure you agree that it's a really good investment. Um, a book that I'll recommend is The Hands-Off Investor by Brian Burke. It's fantastic. Um, not to give this away, I have, I have a lot of clients and friends that are syndicate, you know, in the syndications and like run them. And I, I got to speak at a pretty big conference in Dallas this last year. And my eyes were just open. I, I left that going like, man, we should start a fund. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, I, I know. Like, people ask me about that all the time. I, and it's like, I know some of the best people. It's like, wow, like this would be incredible. One of the things that I, I love the most is it's, it's that community aspect. And I don't, know, I don't know if you've seen these strategies, but the goal is to give investors their 
principal back, but you still have equity and cash flow because you own the property. So, so the like the Burr method, like small small time deal is like you buy a little house, you let's say you put a hundred thousand dollars into it, you refinance it, you you know the the price maybe goes up to two hundred thousand or two fifty, you then refinance it. You strip all your equity out, but you keep the house and the house is providing you cash flow. And then you have that money to go reinvest it. The same thing happens with real estate syndication, but there's no debt because they're, you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. just like, it's pretty cool. It's almost like infinite returns. It, it is, is. What I hear is like the term. But yeah, I mean, in some of these deals, they, the exit strategy is either to refinance or sell, say yeah. after five or seven years. So if they do a refinance after five years, they give you all of your principal back but then they keep the property, you're still an equity owner. So you have all your money back, but yeah. then you're still earning returns. It's incredible. All right. Any other any other quick hacks if you have more money than time? I, real estate syndications, obviously understanding the market. I have a, a good friend that does option trading and does it pretty safely. I know that sounds crazy, but if you, it's really, it comes down to being a good investor. It's not investments like options aren't bad. The market's not bad. Real estate syndications are bad. Business is not bad. But we've all seen disasters yeah. within each one of those categories, mainly because people um, undervalue working with the right person or undervalue or maybe overvalue, overestimate the information that they actually have. Yeah, absolutely. I would say a couple more hacks for someone who has more money than time. Actually, this could really be either one. Um, what, how much money or time you have doesn't really matter. But REITs is a great one. Yeah. So investing in real estate investment trusts, you're kind of getting a combination of real estate exposure and stock market exposure. And then Fundrise is a crowdsourced yeah. real estate platform that I find very interesting. I've invested money in it and I've gotten so far a 9% return, but what I get does not correlate <laughs> with what you'll get. So that's not investment advice. Yeah, you're like, the best thing that I ever did was drop all my financial licenses so I can talk about whatever yeah. I want. I'm, <laughs> I'm jealous. Um, so, okay, that's, that's super cool. I'm just going to throw uh, two out there understand how businesses are are bought sold operated the amount of wealth that is going to transfer and the amount of opportunity in business in business buying and selling is is huge now take this all with a grain of salt because there's specialized knowledge here but i'm telling you it's real estate on steroids and if you ask me like what my wealth strategy is it's really to try to dial in business, understand sales, marketing, operations, understand entity structures, understand tax consequences, and be able to go into a business that might be, you know, generating this cash flow might be super undervalued. It's like buying real estate on pennies on the dollar. If you understand how to value business and then create an operator and boom, you could have some amazing cash flow uh, just just from there. And so like that is that is one idea. Um, the other thing that comes to my mind and don't again, don't take action on this if you don't understand. But I've learned I've I've met up quite a few people that with Bitcoin, they've used things not even investing in the underlying Bitcoin itself, but they've they've put their money in other like Bitcoin wallets and stuff that have paid them a modest, you know, 8%, 10% a, a year. And again, um, only do that if you're if you fundamentally believe in the currency long term, and I know there's a people that think it's it's going to get regulated and the government's going to squash it, there's other people that think it's going to go to the moon. Um, I I won't comment on that. I the point that I the reason I want to share this is like you look at any sector, and even any currency, any country, 
the these principles is not just like an American thing or a North American thing. Like this is true wherever you go, and it's even true with whatever currencies you have. And so it's the mindset of passive income that's so important. And getting to that number um, is 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 far more valuable than a million dollars. Absolutely. Because think about. Can I just say one more thing? Yeah. You're so. How much cash flow did you have that made you retire? Uh, once we retired, we were making ten thousand dollars a month. Okay. So that's like two two point. I'm doing math in my head here. That's like two point five million dollars. Two point five million dollars if you did the four percent rule. I think it's more. Yeah. I mean, it four 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 percent on a million is four thousand four thousand. So it's it's close, and it's like. Do you realize how how hard that would be to get two and a half million dollars in an account and then safely withdraw that money? Yeah. You you did that and it's because you understand passive income. Right. So that so that's a great point. I have ten thousand dollars or at the time I had ten thousand dollars a month in passive income, which is equivalent to two and a half or three million dollars in in the invest in the stock market. Yep. And who who has two and a half or three million dollars? But I was able to generate that amount of cash flow without having that huge nest egg. Biggest mistakes people make as it relates to cash flow, uh, passive income. I, I'll just throw this out there. It's the people that are thinking it's way too easy. They're super scammy. They're jumping in and they just tend to like don't get the full picture. That's 100%. That's, that's, that's it, it has, when I think of passive income, Rachel, I get kind of a bad taste in my mouth because all the people out there scamming others yes. because they want to teach you how to do passive income. And like you've written a book for 20 some dollars you can get that can give you a solid foundation. So before you pay a ton of money for something that's promising you something, really understand it. And do you trust the person that's sharing that? I that's I just wanted to share that. And I, I want to get your thoughts on some of the biggest mistakes you see people making. Yeah, for sure. It's underestimating the amount of work that goes into it. So I've helped people. I've helped a lot of women specifically coaching them on creating passive income. And so I always try to set expectations in the beginning. Yeah. I'm always like, this can take months. This can take years. This is a lot of work. Are you sure you're ready? Yeah. And so everyone's always, you know, in the very beginning, and this is how I was too, very excited, very gung-ho, very motivated, like, oh, I'm going to be retired by next year. <laughs> and then yeah. they, they get into it and they hit a point where they're like, this is the worst thing in the world. This is so hard. I'm never going to get there. And I think about the first rental property that Andrew and I bought, my husband, Andrew and I, um, we started searching for real estate in 2016. We thought it'd be easy. We'd find a property after a month or two of, of looking. And our expectations were not aligned with reality because it took us mm. nine months to yep. find that first rental property. And that's after we made offers on properties. That's even after we had an accepted contract fall through. So the lesson is to be patient with this. Thank this can take that. time and definitely don't settle for anything less than in, in terms of a real estate investment. Just don't settle on the numbers. Thank you for sharing that. And I think due diligence is huge. If people can pitch you this or like a real estate property on paper can look good. But it's, again, the investor, not just the investment. Um, and so love that, Rachel. What What are the things like what are our quick wins, other things in this book? I mean, this book is it's not two pages, by the way. It's 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 has a lot of great ideas. And and how much time did it take you to write this? Uh, probably nine months. I think both of my that's books amazing. took me about nine months to write. That's why so. we're gonna write a book together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll speak, you write, and then uh, and yeah, because that's a, it's amazing. <laughs> well, I love what you say about that. We are our own greatest asset. Yeah. And I didn't fully understand that concept until I kind of did take a leap of faith and become an author. And yeah. because of my my 
mind and my heart and my thoughts and my passions, I've now created a business essentially betting on myself and being able to teach young women about financial literacy. And I've now created a a business that brings in a lot of passive income each month. So I just want to reiterate what you say about you being your your number one asset is you. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. And also, why why do you want to be financially free to begin with? I, I find that a lot of times we, we look to other things and we say, if I had money, I'd be happy. Well, okay, you might be able to do other things that as, as can be more fulfilling, but what is that? And, and don't make the sole goal passive income. Passive income is more of the tool to help you live out that. And, and what you might find in, in soul searching and trying to really figure out what is important is that you're, you're focused on the wrong things. Like maybe, maybe $12,000 a month um, is able to live the life that you want. Now, also include inflation in there. <laughs> 20 years from now, uh, let's in- inflate that number with inflation because $12,000, you know, 10, 12 years from now will be less than it is now. Um, but, but overall, really get clear on what you want. And yes, make sure that you are not devaluing you as a human being and that you're living a fulfilled life. If someone wanted to figure out like what that looks like for them, what questions or what exercises would you recommend them do? Because I found that if people try to do anything, start a business, try to create a passive income strategy, a wealth strategy, and they're not clear on the underlying why, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it creates frustration and it creates the two years from now, like, why am I doing this again? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So one thing I like to clarify is that financial independence I use the words financial independence and retirement interchangeably. Yeah. So financial independence to me doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to stop working right. and never work again for the rest of your life. So a lot of people look at me and they're like, well, Rachel, you're you're not retired. You're still working. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, I'm still working. This is what I love to do. This is yeah. what brings me fulfillment. So I'm never going to stop working. It's just that now I get to work when I want to not because I have to. And that makes right. a huge difference. That's, and that's freedom. Yes, that is freedom. So so one mistake I see people making, you touched on it a little bit, is that we're so caught up in wanting to escape the rat race yep. and wanting to quit our jobs and wanting to be away from the corporate life that we don't think about, well, what are we working towards? Yep. What do I want my life to look like? Why why do I care? You know, what am I what am I working towards? So that's what you need to think through. And some questions to ask yourself to figure out what that ideal life would look like are number one, if you won the lottery tomorrow, and I'm talking like $300 million, <laughs> if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would you do? So what would you do at first? Because I'm sure you'd go splurge and travel and everything. Yeah. What would you do at first and what would you do later? Yeah. And then number two, if if money were didn't exist, how would you be spending your time? If you weren't constrained by money, yeah. how would you be spending your time? Yeah. What are your passions? What are your hobbies? What fulfills you? I love that. I almost feel like we could end there. What What other things are on your mind as it relates to income, passive income, this epiphany? Again, it, it sounds simple, but instead of the goal to accumulate, let's look at the number cash flow and let's make it our sole goal to create cash flow that that can pretty much replace our need for working, i.e. you're financially free. I like financial free versus retirement. It's just a word choice, but a lot, we're used to retirement. And when you can when you can do that in a fraction of the time, you're like, this may be a better way. That's why, by the way, I hate rate of return being the sole metric that everyone looks at because it lies and it's very deceptive because it doesn't translate into cash flow, which I think is could be a huge problem. Anything else that you want to say before we end? And then I want to give a clear call to action on how people can 
help support you, your message, you. and get your book. Yeah, thanks. So I would just end with saying this. Don't count yourself out. The first thing that is going to enable you to create passive income is your mindset. Yep. So if you already have the mindset of it's not possible for me, or this person had these advantages that I don't have, or this person got to do this, you have to believe that you can do this in the first place. And you can. I absolutely believe that anyone at any age on any income can create passive income and achieve financial independence. Rachel Richards, I appreciate you. How you. do people be part of your community, get your book, and follow your amazing journey as you travel around the country with your husband you. uh, reaping the benefits of being financially free? Yeah, so both of my books, Money, Honey, and Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement, are available on Amazon in ebook, audio, and paperback. And what I'd love to do for your listeners, Caleb, is if anyone wants to download my Passive Income Starter Kit, I will give that for free. So wow. you can go to moneyhoneyrachel.com slash bonus. Thank you. Moneyhoneyrachel.com slash bonus. Check it out. And, and, and what are they getting? A Passive Income Starter Kit. So... Lots of tools, mistakes to avoid, some fun spreadsheets, stuff like that. I love it. I love the spreadsheets. Yeah. Anyways, go out, live in, uh, live intentionally. We're, this whole show and the company exists to unlock intentional living. And that's why I bring people like Rachel. That's why I create relationships like Rachel. Because these conversations, your book, um, what you're sharing with the world is, is elevating the conversations. And as a result, are helping people live more intentionally. So thank you. And go out and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.